Hello and welcome to another edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. This podcast is proudly provided by Axon, helping dealers move more iron for almost 100 years. Find out more at axontire.com. Axon was started almost 100 years ago out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. It's that same passion that drives them today. With a vision for a better experience for both farmer and dealer, they set out to create a better way to move more iron. When you partner with Axon, you get immediate access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. Axon carries all major brands and sizes of tires, wheels, and tracks. From custom colors and sizes to fully customized wheels, you can have the solution for virtually any problem today's farmer is trying to solve. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. Marcus with Sean Hackett. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years and Tractor Zoom delivering insights. If you're looking to see what's going on in the auction market, use Tractor Zoom Iron Comps, 500 independent auction houses worth of information that come to them every day um, and get to see, paint a great picture of what to, what's going on out there in the market. So if you're interested in doing that and keeping up what's going on with those trends, which, you know, to be honest with you, there's no better time now than to understand what's going on in the auction marketplace. Use Moving Iron at checkout and you get yourself a nice discount. Sean is with Hackett Financial out of Boca Raton, Florida. And Sean is nice enough to come on uh, twice a week now to sit down and discuss what's going on in the market. And, you know, Sean, there's uh, the crop tours going on right now. The farm pro farmer uh, crop tumor is going on right now. And as you day one's in the books, um, kind of recap. Well, let's start like this first. Well, I guess let's talk a little bit about what your reaction was to that um, Thursday's report and kind of like what I said here before was for as bullish as that report was the market sure is in a wait and see what happens kind of mode so I guess what's your thoughts there well <clears throat> I still think the market is uncertain because it, it knows half the crop is a disaster and the other half the crop's probably pretty good but it's hard to know right now which one is outweighing the other it's really hard to know that and then the crop tour is a classic example 20 bush to the acre below trend in south dakota 20 bush to the acre above above last year in ohio so what it mean i don't know right, right. so so i'm sure when they go to illinois and they're going to go to minnesota we're going to keep getting this bifurcation the usda last week you know made a surprise aggressive move uh to the downside on corn uh, that they don't normally like to do, but I think they uh, they did it just because I think they looked at the crop conditions, which are well below last year, and said, you know, we probably ought to make some downward adjustments just just in case our agronomy work here in September and October confirms. But it's still a guess, right? Mm -hmm. It's not an actual number based on agronomy. So I think the market's saying, okay, we get it, but... You know, until we get more harvest results, until the USDA gives us more results based upon agronomy, we're still, you know, we're not sure we're going to go run with that number just quite yet. Um, and then you throw into the mix, typically, 
you know, it's a tough time of the year to rally markets from this mid-August to mid-September. It's a really hard down seasonal period historically when, when harvest starts to get going. So in order to counteract that strong seasonal trend, you usually need adverse August weather. And once again, just like the, it, it's, it's been kind of a, it's, it's been some good, some bad, some good. And now it looks like, uh, after this week, some rains are coming. So it's not giving this dome of hot, dry weather that just going to, you know, burn the crop off. We're just not getting that kind of clear weather problem here in August that's going to allow the market to want to rush in and buy against a typical down seasonal trend. So what we've been having is a whole lot of nothing, quite frankly. The market just stuck in, in neutral, trying to determine should it go down? into the normal seasonal or should, should it break up? And right now it's just, it's not sure what it wants to do. Our best guess still is long as the, the weather for the last two weeks of August look cooler and wetter, like it looks like going to be our best guess is that we're going to, we're going to trend to the downside here in just in September and, and the market will, will sell first and ask questions later if the crop results and if the USDA say, that these lower crop yields are here to stay. So okay, all right. So the pro farmer tour 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 is going on right now, and sometimes you think I would learn how to speak, but they have. You've got all this stuff going on here, and and you know they start out in the very extreme, um, very extreme eastern part of that, and then the very western part of that. And so day one was kind of a oh uh, was a you know eastern eastern South Dakota, and then they start out in Ohio, and basically kind of what we've been seeing you know if you're east of the mississippi river you have some very good crops over there um, if you're west of the mississippi river you start out good and you end horribly so i guess as you take a look at as the reports coming back from that any big shocks to you there from what you've seen so far from pro farmer i didn't see anything that was too much of a surprise um you know i, I think so far i think everyone expected ohio to be pretty good Mm-hmm. I thought everyone expected South Dakota to be pretty bad, and I and I think they were within the range of what everyone thought. At least at least those states. Um, I didn't see anything that was a surprise, and as you could tell from the market's reaction, they didn't either. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> you know, they're 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 really you know they just can't they just can't get enough of buying and selling today. As you could tell, the volatility is crazy today. Right. Just kidding. Um, you know, it's just it it just confirmed that we have. You know, it, is the glass half full? Or is a glass half empty? Right now, the, the market is saying the, 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 the glass is, we're not sure which, which way to look at the glass right now. And uh, you throw in this uh, port closure or partial port closure of, the, of that China port mm-hmm. because of the Delta virus. You know, there's worries that it might back up some shipments to them, you know, it's all fear. It doesn't mean it will happen, but you know, the, there's a fear that it stays closed. That maybe some of these shipments that are supposed to go over there will be delayed. And if it gets delayed and it gets picked up and it's just, you know, we're just the market's searching for, for something to, um, to drive it. And it's, we're just in a murky period right now, not just for grains, by the way, if you look at most markets, they're just, they're just not going anywhere right now. It's pretty quiet time for everything. Everything is, we seem to be in this period where everyone is, looking for a, a new mover and it just can't find it yet can't find it yet yeah okay so let, let's jump over and talk about 
the protein side for a little bit and what we see happening there. Cattle market has just been kind of bouncing along, right? There's not been a lot of movement one way or the other, and you know, box beef prices keep rising. And so I guess as you take a look at that that segment, the, the pork price and and the cattle price, what are your thoughts there on on those markets? You know, the, the beef price, the beef has been good all year long. It's not, there's no, been no problem with the beef price. Mm-hmm. If the cattle guy got the beef price, he'd be <laughs> having a record year. Um, but he gets the cattle price, right. the beef price, unfortunately. Right. And so this wide disparity between the beef price and the cattle price continues to be there because of, you know, the apparent lack of the ability to bring animals through because of the, the virus and, employees not showing up and social distancing and, and just the fact that we don't have as much capacity as we probably should for all this extra pain that's come into the market. So, you know, and once in a while the animals back off and the price of cattle moves up and then, and then the cattle uh, slaughter, the, the, the animals coming to the market increase. And then it brings up, as you said, we've been kind of just vacillating mm-hmm. uh, back and forth because we just don't have the capacity to, to handle this demand. It's unfortunate. Um, if we had the capacity, um, then we would be seeing a cattle price much more in line with what's been going on with the beef price. Um, we do believe, looking ahead, that the n- cattle numbers will be down uh, and the number of animals coming to the market will be down, and that will allow for the throughput problem to, t- to, to, to be removed so that the cattle price can track the beef price, but we're not quite there yet. We think we got to get out of the, the fourth quarter. And once we get due and we get into the first quarter onward, we think that's where really, really exciting times for the cattle price um, will be there. So in the meantime, we're stuck grinding our way ever so higher, but not, even, but you know, it's like one step forward. It's a half step back. That seems to be what we've been doing right now. So I guess, okay. So Sean, we take a look. The last Fed report came out about two weeks ago. Um, kind of hinted at some some ideas that they're going to do some stop you know kind of start doing some papering and 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 you know look at raising some interest rates in 2023 and those kind of things um didn't really do much i mean but the dollar has struggled here of late um as far as value goes which i mean is good for exports but i guess as you take a look at um the export market right now and and you know china's been coming to the table and buying some soybeans and those kind of things you talked about just a minute ago here you've talked about the um port closures and, and coronavirus and we're starting to see that kind of pop up a little bit all over the all over the country or all over the world i guess what's your thoughts there on 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 export strength and you know is there a reason to start kind of worrying about how how if if anything coronavirus is going to start playing into into what we see happening here there's a big concern that we could have a, remember we're, we're, we're going to be comparing exports last year's blistering pace casey yeah it's going to be a very difficult comparison so i'm expecting to have be down quite considerably from last year's high numbers um because probably the cheese overbought um and because of you know the virus coming up the port closures um, you know, the, the, the U.S., the, the Chinese uh, uh, economic numbers look terrible in the last reporting period. The, uh, the U.S., what was it, the U.S. consumer confidence numbers had the largest drop or one of the largest yeah. drops ever. Yeah. 
because people are, are getting worried about the future. I mean, that's usually not good for booming economic growth because everyone's starting to worry about the virus, starting to worry about all the craziness going on and, and saying, you know, maybe we just need to pull back a little bit here and, and uh, be a little more conservative. So, you know, lumber prices completely crashing. We were at 12, six, uh, 1160 not too long ago or in the under 500, you know, that's probably means the housing market slowed down. I mean, that's usually a leading indicator. So I, first of all, the Fed is not going to be raising interest rates. They're not going to be tapering. Not so long as these economic numbers are starting to slow down and not so long as the virus is continuing to look problematic. They're not doing anything. If anything, they're going to print more money before too long. Um, bond yields are crashing. That's indication of the market worrying about the future economic growth. So I think I would really be worried about the demand side of the equation here, Casey, over the next two or three months. So we've talked about this, that we've been worried about a, a soft patch, a decline in ag markets into the fall for a lot of these macro reasons. And, and, and the latest readings don't give us any reason to change that view that the markets are going to be paying probably more attention to the demand and less attention to the supply. Maybe that's why some of these bullish numbers we've been getting on the supply side haven't made the market go higher. This is actually the demand side of the equation that's starting to take center stage versus supply. What I guess what are your thoughts? I mean, is by Thursday we're going to get this picture of of what Proformer looks like and and what they what they've come up with. Do you think they're going to have any big revelations out there that that, that we don't already know that, that are going to come from this crop tour? I really don't think so, Casey. I, I think the market has a pretty understanding and and has had for a while that you know when they go into Minnesota, when they go into North Dakota, mm -hmm. you know it's going to be just god awful. You know when they go to Illinois and they get into Indiana, it's going to be really really good. I, I I don't I don't see them making any gargantuan. I mean, it's always possible. But I see them going there and saying, "We didn't know this." I think, I think the market really knows, has a pretty good handle on everything. What it doesn't know and it can't know is, what does that mean to the actual national yield? Right. You know, it it can know good is good and bad is bad, but it, but you can't actually get your hands around, you know, is it more good or, or, or than, than bad or is it more bad than good? You're just not going to be able to get that answer until enough harvest results come in that you could start to weigh who's winning out here. And that's going to take until mid-September, I think, for the USDA and for the market to get that answer. In the meantime, I think it's very comfortable being where it is right now. Um, and and that and that means that the markets it's just going to be it's going to go up and down based upon daily news, you know that that drives it up or down. The dollar's strong or weak, or there's a you know Afghanistan, you know whatever's driving the market in a given day. You know it, it it's just going to go with those kind of things. I think the market has decided we don't we're not going to make a major call here on actual yield situation until we get more harvest results, until the USDA has a chance to do more army work. And so in, in the meantime, we're just going to basically trade the market in some kind of a tight range. That's what it looks like to me. Um, and because we're in, and because weather looks to me to be fairly benign right now, 
the odds favor the market following the down seasonal. Doesn't mean crash and burn, by the way. It means following the down seasonal into, into the first half of September, meaning kind of a, 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 a declining market into September until the market can get a better handle on the true nature of the yields. Our work says in the end, corn yields, for example, are going to wind up in the low 170s like last year. Now, I don't know if it takes until January to get that number by the end of May. That's where we're going to wind up. We believe when it's all said and done, we're going to be 172, give or take. A billion, billion to carry out, depending on which way you want to massage demand. And, and that really means we're not going to change our ending stock situation that we have right now. And so we're going to have to go through the next growing cycle with that in place, with, with of course, um, Brazil having really no export capability at all for corn, none, uh, because of the crop, you know, the, yeah. the one of the, <clears throat> I mean, just very, very little. So, you know, that's, that, so that's, so it really comes down to, Oh, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> you excited there, Sean? I'm sorry about that. <laughs> sorry. It's all right. So, so I, I think it just comes down to, uh, it's just, it's just going to come down to what kind of crops can South America have this year? You know, last year we had a record crop for soybeans right. in Brazil. Yep. Probably the worst corn crops ever. So, you know, so, you know, that, so that, it wasn't an all for one, one for all. We think Argentina this year is the, is the country to look at. We think if we're looking for some big problems, big drought cycle, extreme weather, we think Brazil's going to be on the margin, going to be okay. Uh, but we think Argentina is the one that could be the market mover, but that's not going to be the market mover until November, like, is when you start really looking about okay where they're at, how are things developing, how much they get in their ground, how's it looking? It's it's we just got this couple of months here where where we're just going to be we're going to be having a hard time finding that weather reason to move the market higher. So our best guess is grains move down into September. Uh, the USDA and harvest results come clean, yields come down further. Tighten up those balance sheets. The market goes, you know what? Way too uncomfortable. We go back up. Price in some weather premium for South America. And then we just have to see what happens with weather um, as we go forward. I think that's kind of the, the pathway right now going into the, into the fall, early, early, um, you know, early uh, fourth quarter period of time now. Yep. Yep. Hey, well, good stuff, Sean. Man, there's lots of moving parts here. Lots of stuff to pay attention to. And just like always i don't think we're ever going to run out of anything to talk about because there's there's plenty of stuff cooking here so if folks want to reach out to you and get more information about hack of financial and what you guys are doing over there what's the best way to do that our website is hackett h-a-c-k-e-t-t advisors.com all kinds of information on there for your listeners to watch uh to read to see if the way we look at things might help the matter a little bit so right Check that out. Go to the website, hackatadvisors.com. Uh, Make sure you check that out. There's a lot of good sample stuff there just to kind of give you a glimpse as to what as to what Sean's going on, got going on there. So well worth your time. Reach out to Sean, too. Well worth your time as well. Guy's a wealth of, wealth of knowledge, so check him out. 
Uh, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure you check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's where you're going to find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast, as well as any blogs I have posted will get, will get sent up there as well. Go to movingironllc.com, and you'll find the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast and all things related to the Moving Iron Summit and the Moving Iron Podcast. So with that, I am Casey Seymour with Sean Hackett. Let's go some iron, folks. Out. You want to have a meaningful competitive advantage to help sell more equipment. Whether you represent the sales, parts, or management department of an implement dealership, there's a surprising amount of complexity when it comes to tire, wheel, and track technology. Let Axon worry about that so you can get back to supporting your customers. Axon has leveraged years of experience to create a streamlined process that gives you a proven path to help today's grower and sell more equipment. The reach of their organization go back almost 100 years to the invention of the rubber tractor tire. Supporting agriculture is the number one driver of Axon from product development through sales and service. To find more or become an Axon dealer, head over to axontire.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. You'll find us here Moving higher